the streams podcast hometown heroes edition we're on the road if you guys follow us on our instagram on our twitter i posted kind of my mock studio setup that i've got here in washington dc nation's capital uh out here courtesy of my daughter being a lot smarter than i ever was uh the toshiba explorer vision uh winner uh i'm lucky enough tonight i'm not on the double decker bus tour of dc i have done a ton of sightseeing which i'll do in addition on the drive but i got to connect uh for this hometown hero segment with a longtime friend of mine skyview high school class of 97 we've been on a run we had david gunn on his usual slot we had mike schwab from collie mcvoy minneapolis and we got jeff jensen with us here jeffrey how are you sir i'm good kip how are you man i'm excited to be in your neck of the woods yes sir i wasn't excited about the maga hats but the <laughs> podcast audience knows and there's some insight from you on yeah. that later that I want to get into. Okay, yeah, yeah, but this, I'm so excited for this because in all of our, Kane and I, when we started the podcast, we were so excited to t have other people tell their stories because our, our theme was you don't have to be famous uh, to have an interesting story that people want to listen to. And uh, Jeffrey's got a great one that's gotten him probably as far away because I think you're technically further east than David in Atlanta. What do you think? It's close. It's close, right? Yeah, I need to see it. Because you are as far from Billings, Montana as damn near anybody it's I know. It's pretty close. <laughs> I get, and I get back occasionally. Right. Maybe every so I'm excited years. to talk about your path. You have a, mm -hmm. a, a fantastic job. I want to talk about the family. Uh, let's start here. Well, you're out here in D.C. Yep. What do people say when you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Billings, Montana? What are the looks you get? Do people know where Billings? I mean, I know it's the metropolis of the Big Sky yeah, State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, that's a great, yeah. They, if they know, they usually have heard of Billings. Uh -huh. A lot of people have driven through or flown through. Okay. Um, it's funny, like, if I'm at a client meeting or whatever, mm -hmm. like, sometimes that Montana connection, I think that even Schwab was talking about yeah. this a bit on his, where, um, you know, kind of the Montana, like, when people are from there, they yes. kind of immediately... Yeah, you bond, yeah. Yeah, like the no bullshitting or whatever, mm -hmm. but, like, that definitely, I think that does exist, and yeah. so you don't meet, obviously, a lot of Montanans, you do meet some people that have been there, like, vacationing or whatever, but yeah. uh, it always elicits, like, a five, ten minute conversation. <laughs> For sure. And... It's, it never fails. Have so. you heard, how many times have you, maybe it's more sophisticated in D.C., but even in Oregon, like I still get the horse and carriage joke to school. Oh, wow. You, oh, yeah, still get that one. I, oh, did you guys ride horses to school? Well, no, man. I, I don't get that joke, but I will say, like, I remember, was it, yeah, no, it was at Skyview where there was a law. It yeah. was at that time where, like, if you rode a horse to school, the, yeah. the school had to, like, provide you know, a place for the horse. And I, I didn't know <laughs> that that happened. I remember it happening my freshman or sophomore Somebody year. rode a horse? Yes. Get out of here. And they had to find a place for it. And they did. And it was Is it wrong that I'm thinking of certain class. people in my head from yeah, my class like that might have been, right? that that it had to have come from there? Uh, yeah, I was like, I'm sure, it wasn't Craig Beals, but it right. was, it was like, I can't remember who it was. Sidebar on Craig Beals. Do yeah. you, you, you are off Facebook. Award, right? He's basically the next Bill Nye the science guy. That's awesome. He just converted a Jeep into a cannon 
So shout out to Beal Science on Instagram. Follow him. He's another member of Class of 97, Skyview. Yeah. Another whole podcast. Like Craig Beals is now a scientific. I should. Yeah. It's a great point. Let's let's go here. Yeah. Jeffrey and I, longtime basketball teammates. I mean, all the way back to Billings, Parks and Rec. Yep. Um, played together at Skyview. Let's go from there. How did you, where did you go from your Skyview? Jeffrey had a lot of, the, I don't know, if I, was, I emailed uh, Kevin Morales at Skyview. I don't know if your 40 burger still stands as the record. It has to be close. Because you put 40 on some, uh, Great Falls High? Yeah. And Jeffrey did a lot of scoring. That was a double overtime game. They used, I had extra minutes. Jeffrey was making threes (laughs) before they were, they were like fancy for people to do. That's what Jensen did. Then he went on to play, like myself, did Division three basketball. Go there. How'd you go from Skyview to the MIAC, which is a great D3 league? Yep. Go. In in Minnesota. So I will, so first of all, I just want to say, I remember when we were seniors and, Gordy, Gordy James, uh-huh. yes, who yes. was the my, former my, coach, your yes, coach, yes. and then you t- kind of yeah. turned the reins over. Like I remember when he came to practice uh-huh, uh-huh. our senior year. He came to Skyview. Yeah, 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 yeah. He came to Skyview, and I think I had like sprained my ankle or something. Okay. Like I remember sitting on the sideline, and I remember talking to you about Willamette. Yeah. I was looking at Willamette, and yeah. I was also looking at McAllister, which right. was in, that's where I started, in the yeah. Mayak, and then obviously you went to Willamette, and I went to McAllister. Yes. Uh, you're right, like a similar league, I yes. think, the, the Mayak and the Wyack in Wisconsin. Like yes. That. I know your league is similar, too. It's a lot of, like, you know, smaller liberal arts, mm-hmm. um, D3 schools. Were you looking there because of hoops, because of the education? You it, were always a smart-as-hell guy. Was well, that... so were you, but it was it was both. Both, okay. I wanted okay. to find a place. I wanted to find a place I could play, mm-hmm. which probably meant D3, mm-hmm. and I wanted to find a place where it was a really good school. Yeah. And so that there's not that many. Right. There are some, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got your like Pomona's and your Claremont's yes. and stuff like that in California. But I was looking at Minnesota and McAllister um, was the school I chose. So yeah. That's in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's a small school. Yep. Um, Orange and, and blue. I flew him out and beat Orange him. Shout out to Coach Tim Whittle, former coach there. I love the guy. And you beat him. Oh, I thank him for flying out and giving me that W. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's great. Um, did you visit there before? I in did. the snow? If I was there in the snow, but yeah, I, I did yeah. visit and I met the coach. And then it's funny because the coach, the old coach, was Andy Manning. He was okay. there for a couple of years and he was fired like when between my senior high school and when oh, I Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I that's definitely awkward. Being a different coach. Yeah. And then I found out when I got there that he was like really, really bad. He <laughs> did not really know what he was doing. Right. So, the guy they brought in, his name was uh, Kurt Keatser. Okay. Uh, and he played at St. Thomas, which is another school yep. in the, the Mayak. Yeah. He was a young guy who played professionally in Europe and was a, I thought, a very very good coach um so i played there for a year and we were bad but we were starting to get better mm-hmm. and you know i didn't play a ton i probably played like maybe 12 14 minutes a yeah game. um and mostly shot threes yeah, for sure at, <laughs> and then but I, I was never really comfortable at the school okay. itself um part just of your it day-to-day was, yeah like the other 22 it, hours yeah i just i didn't love it part of it was you know it, not that st paul is a big city but right. for me it was a little bit of a transition uh-huh. Um, it was, you know, small, it was a very liberal arts type yeah. school. It was all, it was a lot to handle. I don't know if any of your listeners have know of McAllister, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a pretty eccentric school. Okay. Um, and I just wasn't quite there. Yeah. And so I ended up transferring to another school in the Maya Carlton College, mm-hmm. which is about an hour South. How'd you pick town. that one? Um, I was looking for a really good school that I could play at. And yeah. I was looking at Carlton, Pomona, uh, Claremont, yeah. some of these schools yeah. that I thought mm, I could play there and... Can I get in as a transfer? Yeah. And because Carlton, we played them. Yeah. And so I emailed their coach, mm-hmm. um, who's still there, Guy Callan is his name, 
Um, and then I went down and visited, and he was, of course, you know, excited to yeah. maybe get me to come. Yeah. And they were a better program, and it was a little bit better school, and it was uh-huh. a smaller town. So that so I ended up different major right. setup for you, or to have a similar track. Pretty pretty much yeah. the same. I was an economics major both places, right. and well, I had declared I guess at McAllister, but I would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did lose some credits transferring, so it took me an extra semester gotcha. to, to get out, which I couldn't. I need to clip your master, story but, because yeah, please. We try to st- we try to say it. Like, hey, if you are miserable outside of this gym, it ain't going to work. Yeah. And it's, it seems counter counterintuitive. Like, hey, coach, I'm going to sell myself. I'm yep. going to sell the basketball. But literally, if you don't like the rain at Willamette, it's probably not a great fit. Yep. So you kind of experienced that where it wasn't Absolutely. necessarily – it's not the basketball, fellas. When yeah. I go to my dorm, I just don't feel like I'm in the right spot. And that's kind of how it was. Yeah. And so I, I had mixed feelings about leaving. But I did leave, and then I played at Carlton, mm-hmm. um, and we were – Good, not great. My first year, we were very good. We yeah. had um, my first year was um, there were three or four really good players in the conference. One of them was Devin George, who mm. ended up getting Devin drafted, George Lakers getting drafted in the first round. Yeah, I play, I guarded him my first year, Carlton. <laughs> he put fifty two on us. <laughs> Uh, I distinctly. I bet you remember, made it hard, though. I distinctly, well, not really. <laughs> but I distinct. I remember two things about that game. One yeah. was we went zone, and okay. he was roaming the baseline, oh, and no. they would just we went one three one zone okay. trap, and their their trap breaker was throw lob to Devin on the block, oh, and he God. would just dunk it. And we had a good player down there, six yeah. eight, and yeah. it was just the well, one we can't guard. It didn't that. matter. Like, we have we can't play that defense. And the other thing, I remember be, we lost to them in a playoff game okay. when we were down maybe 25, and I came in, and I wasn't, at that point, I was sort of not in the rotation because yeah. we were in playoff rotation. We yeah. had a better team. Um, but I came in off the bench and hit a three on Devin because he wasn't really, like, <laughs> he he was really like who are you? Because he was up 20. Right. And I did hit it. And yeah. it was like it was a play that was designed <laughs> for me to come off. And I hit the three, yeah. and then like maybe thirty seconds later, they took me out because I'd done my thing. Right, and right. Got in there for defense, and so I, I wish somebody had a picture out. of that for you. It was great. I have a picture in my mind. Of it, I'm gonna so. be remiss, and you and I already <laughs> talked about this a little bit before we turned it on. But I got to yep. do this for our Listen Up mm-hmm. co-host David Gunn uh, and our season three guest Mike Schwab because I know they made a road trip to watch you at Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> so <And> she, I, <laughs> I was at Concordia, and yeah. they, were, they were in our conference, and when we would go up there, and that was a long road trip for us. It was about yeah. a four-hour bus ride. And every year, usually Schwab would try to come to that game. Yeah. He played football there. And, right. You know, so I'd talk to him before the game um, in, the, in the stands. And there was one year when David was there, too. Yeah. So I got to talk to him, and it was great. I think it was of my junior year. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I was starting and playing uh-huh. more and stuff. They were and, hyping you. They're yeah, telling me. I mean, I wasn't like <laughs> a phenom, but, like, you know, I was playing yeah. and part of the offense and everything. So right. I remember going baseline, and I got, like – there was a big man, he was like six ten, just yeah. rock, and I jumped and I, I thought he was not there and I yeah. and I knew I was gonna hit him, so I tried to twist in the air. And I came down funny and my back was like all jacked up and I'm laying on the ground yeah. and they like they don't have a backboard to get me off. So they're like literally <laughs> after five minutes dragging me off by my arms like above my head. And Schwab and David, yeah. like, at first they were probably kind of concerned because right. I'm laying on the ground, and then it just got, like, ridiculous. Oh, and, yeah, that story has got legs because it is yeah. – there's a there's a lot of detail about the tailgating they did discussing was, how good you were going to do. <laughs> and then, Kip, they drug this guy yeah. off. He died out there. I, I think I had, like, maybe six <laughs> or seven before I went down, but right. I don't remember. It was bad. And I, I think I, I missed, like, four or five games after that. But No, oh, that's a great one. So tell me, you get done playing. Yep. And then explain how you go from Minnesota yep. 
to, I know you spent time at Duke, yep. and now you're in D.C. living yeah. your life. Go. So I was in Minnesota for a couple of years, and not really. Did you jump right into this type of no, work? No, not at all. Okay. I worked at a coffee shop for a year. Yeah. Um, independent coffee shop. Yeah. Like a little hippie store. Right. Like, it was funny. Um, and I did a bunch of like unpaid internships. I okay. Did, it was not nothing really that interesting. Okay. I did a bike trip. I biked down the Pacific Coast. Oh, I do. I remember that stuff. too. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it was like I was kind of a wandering soul, uh -huh. and then I decided to do environmental policy at Duke. Okay. So I went to Duke in 2004, okay. and then I ended up picking up a, a second degree with just straight public policy. So I, I, had, yeah. I was there for three years, um, and then that led me to DC because that's kind of where a lot of the a lot of the jobs just the you know, word policy. policy. Yeah, yeah you, you better show. Yeah. So that's where I ended up, and I did. I worked um, at a government agency doing like. It's called the Government Accountability Office, but they basically like audit government programs to make sure they're working well. Mm -hmm. I did that for about four years, and now I'm at uh, a private firm doing economic consulting. Got gotcha. you. Yep. Let's start at Duke. Yeah. Because you being the basketball junkie your whole life, yeah, man. basketball guy, you and I, we you know our dads were coaches. Yep. I mean, that's all we did was basketball. What was that for you? What was that like? Oh, it was really. Cool. Did you were you all, were you a Dookie? I know Chad DeHaan, friend of ours, was a Dookie. Were you a Dookie I had too? Mixed feelings okay. about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I never had a strong rooting interest growing up. Yeah. In Duke versus UNC, and when I was there, I mean, obviously I rooted for Duke, and I was there when JJ Reddick oh, was okay. a senior. So yeah. That it was like JJ, Sheldon Red, Sheldon Williams, yes, Catholic Randolph. Oh. There were like a bunch of guys like yes. That. Towards the end, it was like Greg Paulus was there, okay. Josh McRoberts, like a whole bunch of people that most people hate. Right. Uh, those are the people that we watched. Yeah. Uh, so they had really good teams. And I was also there when the Duke lacrosse stuff was going oh, on. Oh, yes. And was, that was a very interesting um, time yeah. to be there, for sure. Yeah. All the media and stuff. And there was a lot of, and here's a little fun fact. I yeah. Know it's fun. But um, Stephen Miller, so we talk about politics. Yes. So Stephen Miller works for the White House. And he, he was there then? Immigration. He was a Duke undergrad. And when he and he got his name, yeah, uh, pu like publicly, he was yeah. on the news. Like he was writing articles in the Duke's paper that I remember reading, and yeah. it was all about Duke lacrosse. And his position was that it, they were being falsely accused, uh -huh. and he was like really Adamant pretty obnoxious about it. About yeah. it. But like. As it turns out, he was mostly right about that. It's one of the and things in life that he actually was right about. And that's that's where I didn't realize I didn't put those timelines together. Yeah. When yeah. speaking and of also Richard Spencer, who was like the yes. New York, he was there at the same what? time. What? Yep, he was getting his PhD in economics at the time. Were you? Were your policy? I didn't know those guys, but were, were your there. policy degrees graduate level? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were both masters degrees. Both so. masters degrees. And that's degrees. where I met my wife too. So. Did, then what was she? She just, just I mean, getting did the public she, she just did the environmental policy degree. So right. She was there two years, but she came a year later than me, so we yeah. graduated. At the same gotcha. Time. The it's interesting you mentioned Reddick because at the yeah. time when he was at Duke, I loathed him. Like Everyone the rest, loathed oh, him. with a passion. Oh my God, he was an asshole. He's there. one Especially of my especially as a freshman sophomore. Oh, for sure, he's yeah. one of my favorite people now. Yeah. His podcast His is really podcast good. Is yeah. Like he talks about parenting. Yeah. You know, he's very relatable. Yeah. I love watching him run forty-seven miles to get a shot off yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. He's actually turned into like a really respectable NBA yep. player and a nice fit. For yes, where right. He's gone. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, at Cameron. Mm -hmm. the, the experience in there is it's it great. is it that crazy is it's it fantastic. that fantastic so the only thing I never got to do is I never saw them play UNC oh, okay. and Cameron gotcha um, and the way it works I don't know if I'll be brief but the way it works for grad so when, if you're an undergrad yeah. you guys have probably seen like the camp out and, yeah like, camp out in the tents Shashevskyville that's whatever it is. that's the undergrad stuff okay for grad students it's different okay. for grad students there's one weekend that you camp out and it's for like 48 hours and 
at any like you know two three thousand grad students yeah. business school policy so all of them are like in a tent a lot of them have like rvs and stuff okay. it's like a big party yes and it's early in the term okay and every so often they will blow a whistle and you have to go in and check in okay and they will blow it at all hours of the day and night and sometimes they'll blow it at three in the morning and then they'll blow it again at three fifteen. And so you have to go, you have to get out of your tent and go yeah. check in and they check your name and you can miss one. Yeah. There's probably 30 over the course of two days. Yeah. If you miss more than one, then you're out. So at the end of that, yeah. anyone that makes it through the whole time, they are entered into a lottery. And if you win and you have, the first time you do it, you have about a one in three chance of getting picked. Okay. If you get picked, you have a season ticket. What? You go to every game. Yeah. And so if you don't get picked, you get nothing. So most of the time, grad students go in as groups. Yeah. And you'll go in with a group of 12 people, and maybe five will get picked, and then you yeah. split up the tickets. The season, okay. You split up the games. Yeah. So I never was the one that got picked, and if yeah. you got picked, you'd get your first pick. You get the NC game. So you NC game. So I saw them play Maryland a bunch. Right. I saw them play a whole bunch of teams. Which is still, right, still better than but nothing, not but UNC. I had yeah. no idea about that That's system. That's how it works at Duke. Anyway. So they blow the whistle, yep. and you like just go in and say... Jeff Jensen. You, you, everyone lines up. Yeah. You've got like literally a couple thousand people. Yeah. So you've probably got 50 different undergrads and grad students that are manning the table. Yeah. It's like, oh, your name is, you know, J-A to J-O. Yeah. Like this check. is your part. And they just check you off. And then they just expect, expect attrition. Yeah. I guess. yeah. And otherwise, it's basically a big party. And then they, do, <laughs> they, they do like community service on one of the mornings okay. that you don't have to do, but right. you encourage to do. And most people do it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, and then of course, you're grad students, so you got work to do. So you're trying to like work and it's 90 degrees and yeah. September in North that's Carolina. That's unbelievable. But, yeah. That's how it works. Jeez. Crazy. Crazy sidebar. It's better than the undergrad. For sure. Yeah. Sidebar, Duke connection. I'm on the street here two days ago. We yep. didn't get our room when we landed, so we okay. just gave the concierge our, our stuff. I'm on the street wearing a Willamette shirt because literally I look in my closet and I have nothing, like nothing in my closet that. but freaking Bearcat gear. That's what I, wear. I yeah. You get tired of it. Like, I love it. I love <laughs> Bearcat Who, but I would like to not say, look where I coach, right, but I'm right, still right. wearing it from the trip. I'm on 9th. And somebody yells across, go Willamette. And I was like, somebody knows how to say it. What is happening? Yeah. Turns out the director or one of the people high up on Duke's government relations. Oh, you tweeted this. Yes. yes. Chris Simmons yes. went. And he's talking to me about Duke. I'm and telling him I'm meeting a buddy of mine this week that went to Duke. That's nuts. Yeah, it was nuts, right? The world's tiny. There's a lot of Dukies here. Is there really? A whole bunch. Because of that grad school? Because of those things? And it's like, it's a, it's you know, Duke is a really good school. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people want to go into government. So, like, yeah, there's a bunch of Dukies here. I don't right. think there's a lot of people from Willamette here. But, no, right. Um, I found him. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's the type of school where if they see you wearing a shirt, they'll probably yell across yes. the street. Yes. Carlton's the same And line. the fact that they said it right, school. you know, he didn't butcher the name. Yeah. I was like, you're legitimate. Yes, yeah, yeah. see, we go. What's Willamette? Damn it! And then you can't, you can't forget. It. It's a yes, great one for parents good. and recruits. Okay, tell me about. Let's go to job yeah. first, because your job is so interesting to me. You're always one of my go-to's, like Jeffrey. I need facts on what I should <laughs> believe in this age of false news, fake news. Yeah. Tell me about your job the way you can. So you work okay. at a private firm sure. now. Go. Yeah. Okay, so we're a small, we're macroeconomic consulting firm. Okay. What does that mean? So like we we follow what's happening in the economy. Um, and from you know GDP and job growth and mm -hmm. who's you know are we going into a recession things like that we build like little quantitative tools to predict what's going to happen when you say macroeconomics it takes me back to supply and demand graphs yeah is that micro is uh, that that's macro? micro if okay. you were like ISLM curves that's like God. a supply and demand of money yeah. keep going so <laughs> no I took one I'm, macro I'm, class I'm and I got you. the hell out this is when everyone's going to tune out no no you're fine uh, I'll try to keep it interesting yeah. so our what we do for clients like we are basically there's a whole bunch of people in 
DC that I mean it's obviously super political mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like lobbying and things. We don't do any of that. We okay. play it straight. We play for both. We yeah. work with like both sides. Unquote, both sides. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we work with business trade associations. We work with the government, and our job is to basically provide as ob- as objectively as possible like what quote unquote the right answer is. Yeah. Like, to any of these policy. economic decisions. Yeah. So like for example, we might work for a client that you know isn't necessarily you know itching for climate change legislation, but they will want to know like, okay, like what is the most efficient way to do this? If yeah. we're gonna do this, like this way is better than this other way. Yeah. Um, we do work, like I've written two or three papers on the economic benefits of immigration reform, yeah. for example. So sometimes, you know, obviously- The true numbers behind yeah, if we did regardless it. Regardless of how you feel about like, do we yeah. have, you know, what kind of reforms we need? Like, you know, from an economic standpoint, immigration is mostly good. Okay. And here's why. Gotcha. And we understand that there are other political concerns, but like from a strictly economic perspective, this is what makes sense. Yeah. And here are the issues, here are the trade-offs. Like, yeah. here are the people. It's not good for everyone. There are people that lose out. So, like, yeah. who are those people and how do they lose? You just paint the accurate picture of a As choice. As we can, yes. Okay. And then, you know, depending on the client, like they may use that for lobbying, they may use that, you know, as a lot of times, this might be interesting, a lot of times like when we write papers and analyses, like Mm -hmm. we're not trying to convince people that X argument is correct. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you write things because the client, they already believe this Mm -hmm. and they need, they're not trying to convince like you're not going to convince Stephen Miller that immigration right. is good economically. Right. Not, why? Why even bother? It's, yeah. it's, it's a lost cause. You're not trying to. What you need to do is there's a whole bunch of Republicans, for example, on this yeah. issue, um, that need cover. Like they they believe you. They mm-hmm. are with you. Yeah. But their political concerns like prevent them from taking this position easily because yeah. they're going to. So they need ammo so they to need, go tell yeah, their they're people. They're like, look, I'm protecting my constituents. This is economically a good case. Oh, and so that's amazing. It, yeah. So you, that's the purpose in right. some ways of the paper, and it's not. I mean, the paper we stand by. The paper is correct. Yeah. But like everyone understands the economics. They're just looking mm-hmm. for kind of a ground to stand on. I guess. Uh, when you say paper. Yes. Tell me the format. And it's not boring, like because I'm I'm envisioning I'll, I'll, you at a laptop, yeah. or you in a bat cave, just <laughs> typing away. But what is the output? Uh, so it's it, it. I'll give you an example. Is it graph heavy? Mm, it can be. It can yeah. be charts, and sometimes we do that. Um, yeah. I'll give you an example. So we wrote a paper um, for a client a couple years ago on immigration reform, and we looked at two different scenarios. Okay. And this was during the run up to the election. Yeah. But one scenario was basically we called it balanced reform, okay. and it was basically the Hillary Clinton approach okay. to immigration, yeah. which is to say we need better border security, but we also need more agricultural workers. Yeah, we need the more flow's going to continue. Yeah, and right. so like you're looking, and we need we have a whole bunch of people that are waiting for green cards, and we should just clear the green card backlog. They're here anyway. Why mm-hmm. don't we let them work freely because it'll be more productive. Yeah. And their spouses can work. Things like that. Gotcha. And then there's like the other side, which mm-hmm. we called enforcement only, which wasn't quite the Trump approach per se, but yeah. it was basically like, we have 11 million undocumented illegal immigrants right. in this country. What if we deported a whole bunch of them? Okay. What would happen? What are the, the, the impacts of that? So we like we. So you have to find the facts on both those. So we have to develop a a, a faux like a, a straw man yeah. scenario of like here's what balance reform might look like and here's what enforcement only might look like and then we use economic tools and models to like okay what does that mean for like job growth what yeah. does that mean for GDP how many jobs do you lose or gain mm-hmm. if you do either of these approaches how much do wages change? How much does productivity, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we lay it out and yeah. we write a report. 
that lays all of that out. Yeah. Um, so that was one that we did yes. a couple of years ago. When you're doing this, do you have like, I'm thinking of like lawyers or like I was at the Supreme mm-hmm. Court for just loving being in the Supreme Court. Yeah. They're talking about the briefs <laughs> they're writing, but they've got all these clerks. Yeah. Do you have a team? Are yes. you co- cooperating with yeah, groups? Yeah, so I think when I first started, I was, I probably had the pen more than I do now. Okay. Now it's more like I try to design the policy approach and have something defensible and grounded in facts. And mm-hmm. then I kind of coordinate the, the team to write. And then a lot of times it's like, putting things in the right voice oh. and tone. And like, there's just a little nuance that you, wow. you get yeah, as you get Yeah, for sure, experience. to create that final product. Yeah. Is it a digital final product? Is it a paper final? Like, is it a physical well, final product? Depends. It's usually, you know, it can be like an online report that has data visualizations mm-hmm. and stuff, but usually there is a like a, a hard copy paper mm-hmm. that's like bound and it'll be, you know, the clients will take it to the hill. What's the level of like uh, confidentiality associated with your work? Um, are they worried about on, it getting out? Are you, you know what I mean? Everything, most of what we do is on behalf of clients. Mm-hmm. And so it's really up to the client. What to they want to do with it. What they want to do. Yeah. But there are, there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that we kind of put out on our own. Yeah. Um, but it really depends. Like we also do a fair amount of work with the government on like, it's random, but on flood insurance. So mm. like, um, flood insurance is really interesting for an economist because yeah. it, it's just the way it's, the, the program you can't buy flood insurance. Well, you can buy flood insurance privately, but it's not part of your homeowner's insurance. Right, right. Um, you, most of flood insurance is through the government. It's through FEMA. And the program is basically designed to lose money because if you priced flood insurance at what the private market would price it at, yeah. no one would buy it. Okay. That's why the government program exists. Yeah. So we help FEMA um, make the program work more efficiently okay. try to help people understand that they need flood insurance if they're living in a flood Certain plan. areas, yeah. Yeah, so we do a lot of work there. And that's all like... You know, obviously public because yeah. it's for FEMA. Right. Other times we work with a private firm and they may or may not want to publicize it. So. What is your, what's your day to day? Are you Monday to Friday? Is it, it's, depends? Yeah. It's, is it up I to mean, you? It's somewhat up to me, but it's more, it's, it's definitely not a nine to five. It's a, okay. it's a lot more than that. Um, it's fortunate that my, my schedule is pretty flexible. Okay. I can make kind of my own schedule yeah, at this For the point. family and what yeah, you Yeah, but I'll, I mean, my typical day is I take my son to school. He's six. He's in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I'll drop him off at 8.30. I'll get to work by like 8.50. Is I'll there a coffee until, stop on the way? Are you a coffee guy? Yeah, there's a Starbucks downstairs. Yes, yeah. Jeffrey, that's right. I like I, it. I, I get it on my app on, on the way in, so I yes. have to stand in line. I don't want to sidebar it too much, but no. I was in line yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, this, one of the reasons I rocked into the Renaissance here in D.C. and the stuff, my daughter said immediately, Dad, oh, you're fine. There's a Starbucks right there, like a real one. You know, I hate those hotels that are like, we brew Starbucks coffee. That's, not even the That's same. false. That's you false. don't take the order. Like, nonsense. Yeah. But I'm in line, and a nice lady comes up to me, and she's like, hey, have you ever tried the Tivana here? And I said, ma'am. I haven't tried anything different here in six years, and I'm not about to today. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were in D.C., you'd want to do it. No, right? man. And Fenty iced coffee, non-fat yeah. milk, two pumps, white mocha. Wow. Anyway, you get your coffee, you get to work, I right? I get my coffee and get to work. So, like, then it's it's it depends on the day. There could be a lot of client meetings. Yeah. It could be more solo. I'm usually okay. meeting with my team to make sure everybody knows what they're supposed to do that day. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... There's a lot of projects going on at the same time, okay. so like coordinating and. and I was about to ask is, that. Yeah, like yeah, one's close to completion, one we're meeting, one we're researching, that yeah, type of thing. It's that kind of thing. It's a lot of balls in the air, and then like you might think you have your day planned out, and then a client will email and have like something that's like really quick. Like mm-hmm. I need this now. Like, yeah. I have a reporter calling about this. I need this number now. Okay. Like, what can we say? Yeah. So like, okay, like two hours of my day, like it just got shot, and I will yeah. handle that. Um, and that goes until about six, and then I'll come home. 
um, help put my kid to bed. Yeah. And then usually about 9.30, I log back on. Uh, and it's, it's like, I was just about to go to that. What's yeah. the tech associated with your gig? It's So we, we're not... You can you can certainly work remotely, but mm-hmm. the office is kind. Of, we're kind of set up. Okay, most of we, it can be done there. Yeah, and we kind of like to have people there because it's just a lot more efficient mm-hmm. for us to be able to meet. Yeah, um, frequently, and okay. everyone is based in DC. And I also, like my my boss is like kind of likes to have everybody there. Yeah. It's just his preference. But yeah. Um, but like I'll come home and you know, usually I get to I get to bed late. It's about one o'clock. So mm. um, there's a couple of hours at least at night, most nights and of research, of writing, depends. A lot of times it's people send me stuff at the end of the day that yeah. I've asked them to do and then I look at it uh, at okay. night and then I'm You're like proofing. Yeah. So okay. I send emails at like, you know, late and then yeah. they can get up and hit it when I'm putting my, gotcha. my yeah ready and so yeah it's mostly just making sure that i'm not on the critical path and yeah. link things up i'm always trying okay. to okay. get things off. how much of this job is your phone required for a lot none not as much okay. as if i was a lobbyist uh, okay. if i was doing more like hill stuff mm-hmm. if you're working on capitol hill and then it's like you're on your phone constantly i yeah. try not to do that yeah i use twitter but it's mostly for news right um and to keep email checks on your phone that's about it yeah, yeah. a lot of that yeah, yeah. But, you know, I don't work on my phone. I'm sure as a basketball coach, you do it constantly. It's dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hard because then your kids, like, I try to keep the phone stuff away from yes. my son because yeah. we don't like the screen time stuff. Right. It's hard if you're on it oh, your job. It's just, it's it's dumb. Yeah. What is, how, do you, how are you, give me a rough, you don't have to get into too much detail, mm-hmm. but, like, I tell people all the time, like, if I have a player or a staff member that's illiterate in Google Calendar, it ain't oh, going to work. Uh, yeah. It's not going to work. Like, how do you organize your day? How do, Is it similar across mm-hmm. for you, setting schedules for other people, and we're using this? How, how are you keeping these things? How are you juggling that's, it? That's interesting. Like, we, so I I use, uh, we all are on Outlook, so we okay. use Outlook calendar, and yeah. I can look at other people's calendar. But honestly, a lot of the junior staff mm-hmm. and the younger staff that we have, like, I'm, I'm the second oldest person in my firm. We have a guy, Rob. You're nearly Rob, 40. Sound like you're gray hair. And it's, yeah, well, you can tell because <laughs> Um, my boss, he was in the Clinton White House, okay. and he's like the PhD economist, and then yeah. we have a lot of people that are, two or three that are my age, and then some that are younger, and a lot of the younger folks, they're on Slack all the time, oh, see? and that's how they communicate. What is Slack? Explain I'm, it to me. I have it, but I don't use it. And my podcast, Simmons, The Ringer, yeah. talks constantly about, on the Slack mm-hmm. today, we discussed, what the hell is it? So Slack is basically a workplace you remember AOL Instant Messenger? Yes. Like, it's basically that, but it's like you, it's a lot more sophisticated. Okay. So you can do groups. Like here's my cl- chat for this yeah, client group. Yeah, it's just this. It's just these people can see it. And yeah. This, and, and so you kind of have... Is like, it kind of like comments on a drive document, but it's constantly it open? It can be, but it's also like, hey, I had a quick question. Where'd you get this number? Oh, I had it here. Like, and I it's use, through that. I use email for that. Right. And but they so, do Slack. And they use Slack. Ah, and so I, okay. And so I'm often like out of the loop and then they have to email me. And that's how <laughs> and I And you're the I'm old one. Old. That's how yes. I know I'm an old. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's that's crazy. unbelievable. Are you office like you're in the office? Give me the physical because like one of the Schwabs is really yeah. impactful. Yeah, I, I heard that. It yeah, it's just the, the vi- environment was so different than what I'm used to. Yeah, it's probably, what's yours? It's probably a little more. So we hallway have a, doors. So what's the physical? We have we have like the senior staff have offices okay. and our junior staff are kind of in open air kind of bullpen approach gotcha. and so often a lot of times my door is closed mm-hmm. it's figuratively open and a yes. lot of people pop in but like I just can't focus unless I have it uh-huh. closed and uh-huh. sometimes I'm on the phone so yeah um, and we're actually 
we're expanding. We're doing a build out, so we're okay. we're gonna have a bigger office. But yeah. like, it's not like Schwab's. We don't have. We don't ride bicycles. Yeah, there's, there's not a hallway. keg. There's no keg. It's, um, yeah. It's so. Like give that. me where where does this where do people in your industry typically do they just keep mounting the climbing the ladder in your firm? Do they end up on the hill? Is it reverse hill to where you're at? What's the career arcs either for you or for anybody in the policy game? Yeah, I would say like. For us, I mean, we want to try to keep really good people and like eventually you move up and become like, you know, there's, I'm a partner, we have five okay. partners, so like you, that's kind of the goal yeah. is to get to there and then you share, you know, in the profits and stuff yeah. and then you can become a senior partner and you okay. know, then it's even better. But yeah. like, you know, that's, you know, we kind of have a trajectory and we have a, you know, if you do really good work, we'll mm -hmm. promote you and on and on. Uh, in industry wide, like it's, I think there's probably a fair amount of movement across different big firms like okay. there's a lot of really big consulting firms yeah your mckinsey's and booz allen and deloitte and a whole bunch of them okay. like that and they have tens of thousands of people that work yeah. there so they will often burn you out those big uh, firms like if you're young you will work your ass off for yeah. two, three four years and then you're basically either up or out uh, and that's by design yeah and so people like that they may then move smaller firms they often move to government agencies because mm -hmm. particularly for a big firm like that a lot of times their clients are government agencies so you get a lot of expertise in, you know, in whatever postal service yeah. work or DOD and then you become very attractive to that agency because they hire you ah. and then your work life becomes a lot better because yeah. you're not working 70 hours a week anymore um, or you end up you could go to the hill mm -hmm. and in which case you're working staff or you're working for a committee mm -hmm. and it's a lot of work and the pay is not great yeah. but you then learn a lot about kind of how bills are how the appropriations yeah. happen and, yeah. all that. and then maybe you transition over to lobbying or whatever yeah. that's where you can you know kind of cash in if you want to you not, mentioned not that everyone does that but some people do in a text we were going back and forth just getting mm -hmm. prepped for the pod and you yep. mentioned like you, you have first hand kind of knowledge of Pepsi and Coke having worked Oh both. yeah, so yeah, they they, they don't like. It. <laughs> so uh, Schwab, we were right. Yeah. In those meetings when we were drinking yeah. Pepsi, it was stupid. Yeah. What is the clientele? Is it mostly political? Is it give give us a, a kind of a cross section of who's calling? Sure. Who picks up the phone and calls you? Yeah. So like I would say, maybe a quarter to a third of our business is government, and okay. so there for that like there's a whole. Is that a senator or is that a Sorry, so for the party for government? I mean a government agency. Okay, gotcha. So, it's like so the EPA calls you. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. But they're not calling. Like that's not how oh. it works. It's all competitive, and so they will put out what's called an RFP, a request for proposal or a yeah. request for information, and yeah. you have to answer that. And a lot of times, like wow. we will work with like several other firms, mm -hmm. um, big firms in particular that yeah. will quote, it's called priming a contract. So they kind of take the lead yeah. and we are the economic expertise. Okay. So anything in that contract, which it needs like econ. many, many, many millions of dollars, like anything that has econ in it, like we might get a piece of that. Oh. And then we work on that part. Yeah. There's a whole other part that, I mean, a lot of work, this is the thing like, you know, if you, if you want small government and everything, like, yeah. that's fine, but like what, what ostensibly that means is that more stuff gets farmed out yeah. to, to consulting firms in the private sector, yes. which you may think is a good thing, uh -huh. um, and you may not. It, yeah. it depends, but like you know, the, the you the private sector, the public sector rates. If you're going to work public sector rates, there's like you can't charge like as much as you want. There's a specific yeah. amount that you can charge based on what you're doing. Okay. Um, so you kind of have to decide like yeah. is that where you want to work or do you want to work for like. Uh, a big, you know, individual company or mm -hmm. a trade association, you know, and there's tons of them. There's, yeah. you know, bankers associations and mortgage associations and right. all kinds of them. And yeah. nonprofits too that, you know, environmental defense and Sierra Club and all of yeah. these, like they, they, they also rely on 
uh, private firms yeah. to provide this kind of economic right. analysis because they don't have it in-house. The Where do you guys find distinction for yourself? Purely in the economic? Because like you said, it's competitive. Yeah. Are there four other economic there genius firms of, and you're like, no, we do this better. We're faster or we're more in? What is it? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of firms. Yeah. Um, some are big, some are small. Some do, some firms are specialists. They're okay. really good at like climate policy or energy policy or, you know, whatever, credit card policy, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then some firms like us are more generalists. So we, yeah. we basically, wherever macroeconomics and public policy intersect, like that could be a place for us. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm biased, obviously, but I think we're, we're very, um, we're very good at communicating mm -hmm. kind of both in writing, but also like in visually yeah. slides. And so do you do some of that? We do do yeah. a yeah. fair amount of oh. that. Yeah. But we're not like, we're not a communications firm, okay. but we can write that way. Yeah. We're not a visual design firm, but we can do something. Yeah. We don't do like strictly like geospatial analysis, but we can do that too. Oh. So we, we have kind of a lot of those things. Yeah. That we're not experts in, but we're quite good. You can do it. Yeah. Where in your background? It, was it undergrad? Where where do you find that you, you what tools are you still using? Is like, yeah. oh man, when I went to Duke, yeah, I'm using that day to day. Yeah, like, what is it? I think it's probably that. It's yeah, a little bit of Carleton as an economics major. You okay. get and any major if you're in college, like yeah. you know, you you get a base of whatever you know in econ. It's like learning supply demand. It's learning, mm -hmm. um, you know, monopoly power and how pricing works and yeah. all of that. And that's all important. and It's a good base. Um, and then when I was at Duke, you know, it's largely the public policy degree where I learned. I, I got a lot better at writing, okay. and I got a lot better at um, coming, approaching a problem, and being able to like dissect it and uh -huh. get it organized so that ah. you can break it down into components. Yeah. It's probably a lot like basketball, yes. where you know you need like you know I was watching, we were talking about um, Golden State and yeah. box and one, right? And it's like you know I don't know when the last time is that Steve Kerr saw box and one, <laughs> right, right, but. Now that he's seen it, like, okay, he's got to break down. Like, yes. how does he want to attack that? Where right. does he want to put guys? You, you're like, oh, my God, box one. What so do we some do? of these topics that come across you, now oh, you have sure. an idea similar. It's, yeah, and it's okay. the same, like, the way that you approach a problem is probably quite similar uh -huh. in terms of, like, how you structure things. Obviously, the problem's different as what yeah. you might do coaching. Right. Where do you get your competitive juices at? We talked about you still playing once a week, which is yeah, great. In not... your job, though, like mine's easy. Like there's a scoreboard every other night. Yeah. Right. For you, where is that? Is that in I... getting a landing somebody? Yeah, it is. It's it's. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a private firm, the scoreboard is kind of your revenues okay. and your ability to like continue to make money for the firm, which of course allows you to pay your employees yeah. more. It helps you hire more people. It's just plus that's like it's more fun. Yeah. To do more stuff, it helps everybody move up. Yeah. Um. So certainly, like winning a big contract or you know getting a call about such and such a job like we work with a client and then maybe they call me and it's like hey you know like we were thinking of having you like work on this we were thinking of doing this paper what do you think and it's like that's awesome like, yeah that, you know that's that's like a nice chunk of work for us yeah that, like happened because i provided good service yes. to that client for the last x years right and that wouldn't have happened otherwise okay. and so that that's like a big win and yeah of course if you lose a contract especially government where like there's a whole proposal process, and you submit your proposal, mm. and then you sit and wait. Ah. And it's like, did we win? Did we lose? And if you lose, it's just God. Like, right. what where I, do we go wrong? What a letdown. Yes, like, yes. Schwab talked about this, like the failed pitch. Yeah. And as a consulting firm, like we don't have as many of those because we're not constantly out there like cold calling and farming work. A mm -hmm. lot of our work comes from clients that we already have. Okay. But like. That's always super frustrating, but mm -hmm. it's also like if you can get that new big thing and mm -hmm. then you start working with that client and you 
then they become a client for life. And yeah. You can build gotcha. from there. So it's really important. Still relationship based in yeah. that in that regard. But it's not quite as clean as like, did you win tonight? Did you lose tonight? Yeah. You know, as basketball. Is this something, because I, I talk about this, uh, I don't remember where, it might have been Kane and I. Mm-hmm. Our job, I feel like, is a very easy conversation starter. People can say, how's the team? Yeah. And you can go a lot of different directions. Yours, I feel like, would be hard yeah. to relate. Or be. people like, I know I could be like, I'm going to go to Jensen for this and I'm just going to abuse your knowledge. <laughs> I'm going to ask Jensen real quick, what do you think? Jeff, give me the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, Did you run into that with your circle of friends? Talk about that. A little bit. I think being in D.C., it's it's kind of a bubble. And so the yeah. people that work here and are on the Hill or whatever, like they tend to be interested in like, oh, like did you see the jobs report? Like, yeah. Think of a recession? Like, well, you brought up probably, jobs report at a yeah. coach's clinic. People might. Yeah. I would be, be interested, but yeah, I think Yeah, but people... no one else is. And like, <laughs> like, so, yeah, like it, it's – I can converse – to all kinds of people yes. about this stuff here. Right. Like, I don't know if it resonates, you know, in sort of yes. more mainstream, like right. regular. How do you and your wife do it? Talk about what your wife does. Cause I know she's got yeah. a very interesting job, and then she your guys' discussions. So she's at she she works for the government. She works for the U.S. Agency for International Development. So they're part of the State Department, and they do a lot of international aid. And her work is mostly in Africa on. Uh, preventing malaria from spreading, a little bit of other work on other types of diseases, like when the Ebola outbreak hit a couple years ago, that was kind of all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of that is, a lot of the work that the government does in like foreign aid is issuing grants to private firms that go out there and and spray insecticide to get the mosquitoes to die. You know, I, we mentioned earlier the Nothing But Nets program. Yes. Like, you know, it's, it's a nonprofit entity that is, like, working to eradicate malaria. Yeah. So she is kind of the government, one of the people in the government that coordinates all that, makes sure that they're not wasting money and getting results and mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. She's actually going to Ghana. When, so do you two, because we talked earlier, too, like, my wife's a teacher. Yeah. She could easily come home and fill our night with stories of either great kids doing great things. Right. Or kids being <clears throat> dipshits. Right. And I could come home and say, you want to talk about a dipshit? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. We both try to, ah, how much of this do we share? How yeah. do you, how, what's your guys? Does she care about your policy? Does she not want you to go on a tangent? I mean, I feel like with you, like your wife is an all-American, right? Right. Like she, she can talk basketball yeah. as well as anyone. Right. Um, so I don't know if she wants to. She probably doesn't want to most of the time. With, with my wife, with Alyssa, like she's, I mean, I think that like my nerdiness and dorkiness <laughs> about this stuff is yeah. like she's like, that's like part of the deal with it, right, I guess. Right, um, I think, you know, it. I we don't talk a ton about that stuff. Yeah. We talk some about it. Yeah. Um, I Is know, it like, mostly, do you, I like, I'll vent after a loss or right. I'll vent after a recruit. I will vent to her if something happened gotcha. shitty at work. Yeah. Or if like, you know, we lost out on something we should have won. Right. Um, you know, where I feel like, you know, we got, you know, dicked over somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Like, absolutely, we will vent together mm-hmm. over that. And, yeah. And she'll do the same, and that's I think that's essential. What is the, what's the industry like for me? Like, there's a coaching like brotherhood, right? Yeah. And you can, like, it's like so my circle of friends. There's coaches in different things, and there's all the coach, the other friends of mine that aren't in my industry at all, and that's mm-hmm. kind of a good balance. Yep. What about for you? Is it people in the circle? Is it people yeah. in? Is it like you mentioned DC the bubble? Is it everybody's involved with the freaking government somehow, or yeah. no? Not not totally. Yeah. Um, they're definitely you know. Friends I have that are more like you know on the nonprofit side, gotcha. trying, to, trying to like you know do something for climate change, yeah. or whatever. And they're not working for government. They're not working on the hill, and they're yeah. not quite as like you know in the like 
the political muck, which mm-hmm. is like frankly depressing, <laughs> right? Um, regardless of like yeah. where you're at politically, it's just like God. Can we not have everything be politics? Yes, yes. So can we talk about Game of Thrones and just move? well, that's yeah, probably pe- politics moves too. Well, that's true. <laughs> I will definitely talk about Game yeah. of Thrones for sure. Um, but yeah, I think there is. I do have a bit of a balance there. Uh-huh. Um, you know, with a six year old, like I don't have a ton of time yes. to like, do a whole bunch of right. social stuff. But like, I do have a group, and I try to like when I go play hoops or whatever. Yeah. Like you know, I know some of these guys are like you know working high power jobs, and mm-hmm. I know some of them are like you know like grunts at you yeah. know, some con- and it's fine. Like we just don't talk about it. we just talk about hoops. Right. So yeah, you do have to have that balance for sure. What is the sports scene in DC? <clears throat> what what town is it? Like Portland, obviously, is Blazers and yeah. Ducks. God, Damian Lillard is a god. Dame is so uh, good. He's, he's so like, awesome. He's but what like, is it here? The Wizards. Anybody care? Can I say he's poor man Steph Curry? He's so but, mad. But it, like wrong. Like what if he was born six years before Steph? Oh yeah, it's totally different. Like be, right to be first. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's side. Uh, I think the. So DC, I would say the Wizards are so bad. And yeah, bad. and it's not just that they're bad; it's that they're so they're, incompetent. Yes, the they wall pay, contract. Not even that. Andre like, Blatch. Paying, yeah, we've got Blatch. We've got uh, Amini. Whatever, yes, you, know, you fell into the like eighty Jeff, million dollars. Uncle like, Jeff Green, you bought into. Play. Like <laughs> it's just so bad. Like no, we don't have a general manager because yeah. who the fuck? <laughs> who would want to manage this? Right. Like, have fun. Like, you're going to be a, a 21 team yeah. for the next five years. Until I saw Alcatraz. Capital One. I had to take my oldest. Yeah. He wanted to go see where the Wizards play. Yeah. It's actually not bad. Like, right yeah. down there in the middle, it's mm-hmm. a unique. Like, you could just be at McDonald's, yep. go right, right and you're in the. I used to work like two okay. blocks from there. That but nobody's the there, huh? Nobody's going. I mean, people still go to games, but they mostly go to see the opposing player yeah. uh, or the opposing team when, you know, the Warriors are in town yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's depressing. And they also, like, it's the way they play, you know, uh-huh. where they double down on, like, Dwight Howard and, like, um, I forget the big. Yeah. Yes. Big, like European dude. Yes. Like, it's like really we're gonna. What are we doing? Is this like late eighties Knicks right. ball? Like I don't understand. So like, they like the Redskins. So it's probably a, a, a skins town. Like I saw sure. Redskins gear yeah. on a rack, and on the West Coast there it's is everywhere. no. Yeah. Nobody would even admit that they like the team with a terrible name yeah. on the West and, Coast. And the name is, you know, and people, it's funny because, yes, if you were going to pick a team like it's a Redskins town, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people hate the owner. Oh, okay. Um, and for, you know, a variety of right. reasons, not all football related. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of a terrible person. Gotcha. In general. To a bunch, although I don't know personally, yeah. obviously. But, um, yeah, I would say Redskins are the number one, although last year when the Caps made their run, that was a right. big. Right, they actually awesome. did it. They pulled yeah. it off. So, Cap story. I didn't go to any games, okay. but um, the day after they won, it was, or whatever, two days, yeah. there was like that week of drunkenness where the Caps were just like getting They're taking the, the cup everywhere, yeah. Yeah, so like one of the, like if you're on Twitter and you follow any of these people, like one, at one point they took a drunken boat cruise and then they ended up like going to this bar and filling the Stanley Cup with beer at this yeah. bar, and like they were playing in a fountain. Yeah. So that's at my office. That what? Was, that was right no way. Outside. I'm gonna I'm gonna link was, to that. I'm gonna link a, to it that. It was a weekend, and I wasn't there. But yeah. one of my coworkers was, and she left 15 minutes before they arrived, oh. and she missed it. Um, but yeah, they, that is very like, unique, right? To hockey, yeah. like if you win hockey, you get it go shit face crazy, For and like everybody the summer they expect it. Yeah. NBA, yeah. like, get back on the grind. It kind of did. <laughs> I think they went a little too far. Yes. I mean, it's based on this year, it's right. It, but, yeah. So Does anybody like, care about the big, Nationals? Yeah, they did. And especially yeah. when Bryce was here. Yeah. Um, the Nats had four or five seasons where they were right there. Yeah. Right? So the coolest baseball game, I've probably the coolest sports event I've ever been to, Steven Strasburg was such a, like, phenom yeah. coming up. And I went to his 
uh, debut. Oh. And it was like... Pandemonium. It, it, it felt like a World Series. It felt like a playoff game. Yeah. And the play, it was packed, and he pitched six innings and struck out 11 or yeah. whatever, and he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And that was when, you know, it really felt like, you know, the Nats were going to get this it is, done. Yeah. And then it just never happened. And he could never pitch more than five innings. And bad. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know. That's amazing. Now they're rebuilding. What about my Hoyas? Tell me about the Hoyas here. Hated? Loved? No, I think that for the most part, most of D.C. is more on the Maryland trip than the Georgetown oh, okay. trip, to be honest with yeah. you. Uh, I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I think. How far is Maryland? Like, how far is. not far at all. Yeah. College Park is, like, right outside of oh, the wow. city. It's, yeah. it's a suburb. It's It would wow. be like, I'm, I'm trying to think of a Portland Right, like right Beaverton. There, yeah, yeah. It's it's right there. Yeah. So yeah, Maryland is is probably the and part of it. I think that changed a little bit when they went to the Big Ten mm-hmm. because now it's we don't so get, weird. Yes, it is weird. Um, and Georgetown, yeah, for sure, they have a, a strong following. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Georgetown, like the team, and like the the it's such an expensive school, mm-hmm. and the the it just seems kind of like there's a divide between yeah. the sports and the team. Yeah, like they don't really exist university. on the campus. Yeah. It's just kind of weird, and I think yeah. it's always been And they way. play at the Capital One, right? They don't yeah. have a – it's they always been really a little have, strange. Yeah, exactly. Like, they have a small gym, but it's not right. know, Not big enough for them. So And they've been terrible for about five years. And before yeah. that, they were losing every first round as a two-seed. Yes. No, it's fine. It's fine. That's a whole other yeah, podcast. Yeah, they had a whole <laughs> Right? Teams, so. no, even when they had uh, they got Otto Porter, everybody yeah. pays money to, they still lost in the first round as yeah. a two-seed. But he's just – great for the Wizards. So, yeah. I mean, he's not bad. He's 12 games. Yeah. He's going to get you 12. He's fine. He's fine. I'm glad we paid him whatever we paid him. Oh, man. This has been awesome. Give us... So you mentioned Twitter. How can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, God, I don't even know what It's at JJ I underscore... Probably. I tried to find you JJ for about... underscore... I think it's like Jay Jensen underscore 13. Or something. Yes. Are you... Okay, on Twitter, are you more of like a retweeter, liker? Are you just a scroller? I'm a, I'm a lurker, yes, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. I think so with Twitter, I mean, I'm not... I'm, I, I have a social media presence, corner, mm-hmm. I guess, but like mostly I use it for news. Yeah. And I there's like, by the way, there's like whole worlds of Twitter. Like there's econ Twitter. I was about to, that's my next thing. Like, is it? There's political Twitter. Yes. And there's sports Twitter. And right. those are kind of my three areas. Are your people in your industry on a, a network? Are they on Twitter? Are they? Yeah, in, yeah, most yeah. of them. But like you, with, with that, like so much of it is like so controlled. So I, I, gotcha. almost, I very rarely tweet. I mean, gotcha. when I do, it's either kind of snarky or it's like something about <laughs> No, iPhone. you? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Because it's like, you know, I have clients that follow me on Twitter. Right. Like, I'm not. It's, it's, I'm it's not, a balance, yeah. Yeah, but, like, a lot of, like, some people are, like, retweeting, like, political stuff, like, because it's part of their job. Yes. You know, they're, like, working on behalf of a client that's advocating for whatever. Right. Um, and I just don't do that. Like, gotcha. It's fine if they do it, and I just, like, kind of. Read yeah. It. Yeah. The Before I let you go, mm-hmm. well, give me your, we I've asked everybody on the Hometown Heroes segment, what is it, give me the thing from Montana that you think has helped shape you or maybe still a part of you? Because you've been gone forever, right? Like All of us, really, like our team, we're gone. Yeah. Myself, you, David, Chad DeHaan, Schwab. It's like 22 years. We're gone. Yeah. We're not there. You know, my mom is mad about it. Right. And I'm I'm, I'm not coming back often. (laughs) Well, we mentioned you can't fly there. You it's, can't. So yeah. what is it like? I we you talk a little bit about Schwab talked about yeah. the bullshit meter strong. That's where I was going. Yeah, yeah I actually I really like that segment that that Mike made that point. I think it's spot on. Mm-hmm. And I think even more so because I used to live in Minneapolis. And yeah, I, occasionally we'd see Mike, and I think I I totally recognize the value of it. But uh-huh. like I think in Minnesota, it's not. The, it's not as much of a difference between Minnesota and Montana. But yeah, here. You want to talk about the bullshit? <laughs> like, let me 
me tell you about Washington, D.C. Right. Um, yeah. Yes. Like, there's a lot of that. And uh-huh. so sometimes I get frustrated with, like, people. It's almost like a coded thing. Okay. And I'm like, just tell me what you think. Yes. And I think that that is, like, some of the Montana For in sure. Me, and it's probably some of my dad in me yeah. and stuff. And I, I think that it seems like a lot of our kind of high school group uh-huh. has that about them. Yeah. And I personally really like it when somebody will just tell me uh-huh for sure uh, even if it's something uncomfortable that yeah. i'm not gonna like to hear i would rather just fucking yeah, tell me. get it over with yeah uh, and so i think sometimes i bring that in to client meetings and mm-hmm. you have to you have to have a balance because you can't be abrasive and you, yeah. there is like a certain i don't want to say decorum but like yeah. you, you have to be able to communicate yeah. professionally you know it's gonna be it's not just being a dick 24 yeah. hours but like a day. there yeah. are times when you know like an example, I guess, would be like, you know, people talk about like, oh, we could have an infrastructure bill in this town. And like, oh, maybe the Democrats will want to work with the Republicans on infrastructure. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> really? Yeah, what? Like, do you really? I, I, I got to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't see it happening. Right. And, and I think that, hey, I could be wrong. Maybe it'll yeah. happen. But like, it's that kind of thing where I'm just not going to pretend that mm-hmm. that's like a likely thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really going to like waste my time yeah. talking about pretending. I would rather just say that that's probably bullshit do you think when as your son gets older what are like i my kids are like they obviously want to see their grandparents yeah. they're just used to my parents coming mm-hmm. out to oregon similar to what you mentioned well, earlier come to your games right time, so, yeah i like because when i think about going back to montana it's not like i was a big fisherman right i wasn't a hunter none of our friends are there exactly yeah. none of you guys are there yeah. really I and mean, there's some couple of friends so I, anybody listening i'm, I'm sorry nick yeah, i, no, I would like to see you people, buddy for sure but at the same time I'm, I'm not, I, it's hard to describe it kind of yeah. sometimes to them. Like, how, how do you guys envision, your wife's from California, yeah, so is. different. It, it is, and I mean, I can't, I can envision moving back to Montana. I would love to go back when I'm not working. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think like it's Flathead when we're 60. Yeah, oh my God, it'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's no, I mean, I what I do wouldn't work very well in Montana. Yeah. The things that I do well, I just, it's right. not as much of a market for it, to be honest right. with you. And that's not a value judgment, it just yeah. is what it is. Um, but I do miss like the pace mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss people being straight yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and there's just like, you know, there's a whole bunch of like, you know, left brain type A yeah. people that can be in DC yeah. that are climbers and ambitious yeah. and not, not, you know, wouldn't think twice about, you know, stepping on you mm-hmm. to move up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm not like that. Right. And I don't surround my people, mm-hmm. surround myself with people like that. But it's just like, that's D.C. Yeah, and that's DC. probably to some extent any big city. But right. I think particularly in D.C. because of the politics. And right. so um, I miss that part, yeah, yeah. I guess, about I got both you. Minnesota and North Carolina. How in the hell do you deal with the time? With the what? The East Coast Standard Time. Oh, yeah? I, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you do it. see, right? you're like always late. Well, this is a 9 o'clock the game tonight. Has gone by. 6 o'clock. Oh, we be eating oh. dinner. I'm talking sports, yeah. okay. shows. Sure. You guys are insane. I, mean, I already said that I stepped till 1. Stuff, right? So, like, <laughs> so that's okay. Some of it is that. Like, yeah. It's, 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 it's not great. Like, like it's Monday Night Football. Sports. It's 9 o'clock? Yeah. Like, and, you guys are in... We're eating dinner and the East Coast game yeah. is usually done. Yep. Yeah. Wrapping up like the Warriors is that's a normal tip for yeah. us. Six and the o'clock. Warriors game will be at ten thirty. Yeah, and so like that's basically unwatchable. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it does make it harder to watch. What about shows? Like when when are big time events? Like when was Thrones on here? Nine. Uh, yes. We just got it later, it at so that's an advantage for you. Get it, it first. It was on at nine. And I, honestly, I, like we binged the first seven seasons and yeah. then watched season eight live. Yeah, so yeah. We didn't, and uh, you know, we we cut the cord, so we do Apple TV. Oh, I, okay. I don't. I don't 
do a lot of we just gotcha. don't have a lot of time for shows yeah so yeah, like yeah we usually have one show and we'll did you get on yeah yeah like we'll get it on apple tv so it's mostly the sports that i miss uh-huh. and like i'll hop on the espn app and see what's on but yeah like um yeah it is hard is, to watch do you think there, this is a complete generalization based mm-hmm. on very little fact do you guys get more done because your day is like undistracted like there's a lot of stuff yeah. that, on the west coast where you're yeah, like we got to get like you guys are gonna go you're nothing starts here right. till 10 yeah like we're like now we gotta get this wrapped up the game's gonna start at five or the game's at four that's true yeah i don't know i don't know if we get more done or if it's just it i think that with with me like if i'm a lot of times at nine when the games are coming on yeah. that's when i'm logging back on and yeah. so I'll have the game on in the background, and I'm like, I'm working, quote unquote. Right. I'm trying to read stuff, but I'm also kind of watching out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that makes me more productive or not. Right. But like, I will say, like, it's got to be hard on the Pacific Coast, especially if you're like in the business world uh-huh. or whatever. Like, I mean, you kind of have to be up at 6.30. They're getting up. 6, yeah, everybody's like, mind that are dialed into the stock market. They're, yeah, they're yeah. up at 5. Like, That's hard. And I mean, yeah. obviously with... with basketball you don't have to right. follow that as closely like right. you just have your practice when you have it but yeah um it's yeah. so it's just so right like it's just so different the through the across the way david's on the east coast mm-hmm. rob's on the what is the minnesota central yeah uh, yes. in montana was yep. mountain yep so it's like an this hour, weird yeah, that's like hours. who else is on mountain time Denver? and in arizona they don't have daylight savings, they're like so the hell with you guys two or three. <laughs> right? i'm like i don't even know what time it is when i have to call my dad like i, I it's like i don't know I yeah like, Oh, yeah, I've done that a couple times because we left our youngest, and so we were like, "Hey, let's mm-hmm. call Zavi." And Kelly's like, "Why? He's not even awake yet, or he's still at school, guys." Uh, yeah. We're done with dinner, three and, hour and he, yeah, it's yeah. it's something else. Man, this was fun. Yeah, for this sure. was awesome. I yeah. appreciate you coming on. We'll put this up. Uh, everybody, pay attention to it. I will put Jeff's actual Twitter on since he just he may or may not know I, what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I should follow me, and maybe maybe like every month I'll send him some questions. He'll give you the right answers. <laughs> sure. Cross the streams, hometown heroes. Content reminder, the opinions expressed on the Cross the Streams podcast are those of the host and the guests alone and do not reflect the opinions of the institutions, universities, or businesses that employ the hosts or the guests. Shine. I'm just keeping my shine